today on Kingdom Rock Radio. That huge horse can be turned about by that small bit. When the rider pulls the reins to the right, the horse will experience pain and pressure on the right side of his mouth. And the horse will turn in the direction of the pain to escape the pain. So he is forced to turn in the direction of the pain or the direction of the pressure to escape it. And this is often what we do as we talk about the mouth, as we talk about the tongue. Oftentimes we will use our tongue or use our mouth also to escape pain and to escape pressure. How do we do that? You tell a lie. Today's message is entitled, How to Turn Your Life Around. It is part two in the series entitled, The Golden Compass. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here comes the rich word of God. Let your precious anointing just cascade all throughout this house, creating change, healing, and deliverance. We bless you today. And we praise you in advance. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Let every heart say amen. 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 Say with me, Father, Father I thank you I that today I will receive your rich word. I will be fed, increased, and I will grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Thank you. For revealing the mysteries of heaven and for turning my life around. I thank you. I'm getting stronger now. I'm wiser now. I thank you that we are growing closer together. I am victorious. I am triumphant. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I receive your anointing now to hear the word of God for my life to be changed in Jesus name. Oh, now let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, he is so, so wonderful. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. Genesis, the 19th chapter. We're going to go right back there uh, this morning. We were there on last week. As we began a new series on last week entitled The Golden Compass. The Golden Compass. On last week, we spoke from the subject of where are you going? Where are you going? And we looked at Lot and, and, the, and his family and the city of Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to go right back there just for a few moments and pick up just a few things. And then we'll walk on a little bit further. Can we do that? And today, we're going to speak from this subject, how to turn your life around. How to turn your life around. Someone would, would want to hear that word, how to turn your life around. Some things are not headed in the right direction. And we see that we're on a, uh, a head-on collision, head collision uh, with sudden destruction in different areas of our lives. Some areas are headed in the good direction, but then others are not so good. 
In some places, we have a steering wheel and we can turn that wheel and move in certain directions. And then in other directions, other parts of our lives, it's like we don't have a steering wheel at all. And and we're just being tossed about to and fro and we have no control over it whatsoever. Well, today, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, the Lord is going to show us how to turn your life around hallelujah those areas in your life that are already going in the right direction well we pray that you'll speed up a little bit in those areas in your life where you know it's off course let the holy spirit guide you with that golden compass and how to turn your life in the right direction isn't that wonderful that is wonderful genesis 19 as we get that let me get um uh, two strong strapping men to bring my board and put it right up here for me. I would appreciate that. Genesis 19. And um, I'm going to read verse 16 uh, through 22 again or thereabout. And it reads, and while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought forth and set him outside the city. Talking about the, the angels, of course, while Lot lingered in the house in the face of sudden danger and disaster. He was lingering around and the angels had to come in and just just pull him, pull, pull he and his wife and his family outside the city. Verse 17, and it says, and it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, escape for thy life, run for your life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, uh, lest thou be consumed. You remember that? As angels told Lot and his family, run for your life. Run to the hills, baby, run to the hills. As we see in Lot, uh, what Lot said in verse 18, Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Not so. He said, Behold now, uh, thy servant hath found uh, grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot, say I cannot. Look at Lot's confession. He says, no, I can't do the will of God. Now he says, I cannot. I cannot escape to the mountain. Least some evil uh, take me and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Uh, oh, let me escape thither. It is not, uh, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, see, I have accepted uh, thee concerning this thing also, uh, that I will not overthrow this city for uh, the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither. Go on, boy, go on over there. For I cannot do anything to thou hast to thou uh, become thither. Therefore, the name of the city uh, was called Zoar. Does anybody remember what the word Zoar means from last week? That's right. Insignificance. Gold star, Brother Kelly. Very good. <laughs> Zoar, insignificant. 
Remember the mountain meant, hey, we're going to a higher place, a place that's far above our troubles, far above our trials, our tribulations, far above destruction. The mountain is a place of significance, significantly higher than uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was. But Lot decided to change his direction, to change the course of his life, to change the course of his family's life. And how did he do this? How did he change the course from, uh, from God's plan of significance, from God's plan of excelling? How did he change it from excelling uh, or significance to insignificance? Did he take the angels of God by the neck or did he pull out a sword? Uh, did he, did he uh, wrestle them to the ground? What did Lot use to change the course of his family? His words. His words changed the course of his entire family. Remember the word of God declares, uh, as the Lord sent uh, the prophet to Zerubbabel, the king said, uh, this is not going to be done by might nor by power, but how? By my spirit, says the Lord. You know, in times of battle, uh, we can go out and we can look at the might of an army, the, the might of a kingdom and see you know, all the armed forces there, see all the men, or we can look at all the money, all the resources they, they have, the might. The power would, would refer to the weapon, weaponry. We see the tanks and the jets and the aircraft carriers. We see the might resources, the, uh, we see the power, the weaponry. But God said, no, it's not going to be done by your change. Your deliverance is not going to be done by your resources or by the things that you command. But it will be done by an invisible force called the Holy Spirit. Isn't that something? Jesus says in the New Testament, he said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Lot used something invisible to change the course of his very visible life. How to change the direction of your life. And I pray that you hear this because in order for some of us to change direction, we've been trying to change course in a lot of areas for quite a while. We've been trying to use brute force. We we've, uh, we've tried to uh, threaten. We we have tried to uh, throw a lot of resources or money at it. We, we've tried a lot. But here's one way as God is showing us here how to change the course of your life. And it is echoed all the way throughout the Bible. How to change the course of your life how, or how to turn your life around. Let's go to the book of James, James, the third chapter. And I thank you, Father, that I know and am very sure that this is the word that you're giving me to give to your people this day. The book of James, the third chapter. <clears throat> James 3 and of course, James, the third chapter, talks about the power of the tongue. It talks about the power that is resident in your mouth. You have power right there between your teeth. Power to create change. Power to shape destiny to change direction. 
Remember that the father said in the very beginning that we were formed in his image and after his likeness. Well, how did the father create and shape the whole world, the universe? He did it through what? His word. He did it through his word. And we, as we are formed in his image and likeness, will also shape things, shape our world through the things that we say. How can I change my direction? By beginning to speak in line with the creator God, our father. Are you hearing me? As you're getting James, the third chapter, let me give you some wisdom from the book of Proverbs. You can write these down if you like. Proverbs, the 12th chapter, verse number 14. Proverbs 12, 14 says this. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. And the recompense of a man's hands uh, shall be rendered unto him. It says a man's a man shall be satisfied, made fully filled or filled full. Your life filled full in whatever area it is needed. A man's life, a woman's life, boy or girl's life will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. And uh, let me read that to y'all. The Amplified Bible. I love this as well. It says, "From the mouth." Rather, from the fruit of his words, a man shall be satisfied with good by what you say. Uh, Proverbs 13 and verse number two says, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. You're going to eat good. Turn to name and tell him, you're going to eat good by the fruit of your mouth. What's fruit of your mouth? The words that you speak. The words that you speak. Proverbs 18 and 20 says this. A man's belly shall be satisfied or filled to the full. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be fed. Rather shall he be filled. Once again. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Isn't that wonderful? And we know that as well in the book of Proverbs, the Bible declares that the power of life and death are in the tongue, are in the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So today the Lord is going to help us to harness or to bridle the power that he has given you, already given you, and has given you since birth to create change in your life. Now let's get some, some words here in the book of James, the third chapter. James, the third chapter. Let me redo just a little bit of reading here. Are y'all getting anything out of this? It says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that ye shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If a man offend not in what? In word. If a man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the what? The whole body. Notice what the Lord is saying here. If you can control your mouth, if you can control your words, you will be able to also to control your whole body. And how do you know that you can't sin without your body? Are you hearing me? We put our hands to do things that they ought not do. Isn't that right? 
Uh, we think things. Mind is also in the body. We think things we ought not think. So if you can, the, the word says here, if you can control that small member of your body, your tongue, your mouth, if you will, if you're able to control that, you're able to control your body and shape your destiny. How many of us would have been better students or would be better students in school if we learned to control our bodies? Isn't that right? How many of us would be more productive on the job if we learned to control it? We'd have better marriages, better relationships if we learned to control it. Hallelujah. You know, your mouth has got you into a lot of trouble down the years. Isn't that right? Your mouth can write checks that your body cannot cash. Isn't that right? So he says here, and this is, this is a challenge and it's also a promise. You learn to control your mouth, learn to control your tongue, and you'll control that body. And remember, um, if you conquer, or should I say, when you conquer the enemy on the inside, the enemy that's on the outside can do you no harm. Let me say that again. Once you conquer the enemy on the inside, the enemy on the outside can do you no harm. Don't worry about the man with the submachine gun and all these other people. You need to worry about the one whose face you see every morning when you brush your teeth. That one right there. That one right there will mess you up. It will mess you all up, up and down the street. That one right there. You learn to control that one and your life will change. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? So here's a key and it, there's also a challenge here. The one that can learn to control their mouth, their tongue. It's a perfect man, perfect woman, perfect boy, perfect girl. Hallelujah. Perfect meaning complete. Or I like this, it also means mature, mature. And don't you know when you're immature, you can say a lot of stuff that you will regret saying? A child, a child will say just some of the, just some of the craziest things sometime. But as we grow up and we get older, we learn to say, oop, I better not say that. But sometimes a child can be speaking the absolute truth and the adult was saying, I wish I could have said that, but I was just too scared. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We have learned over the years to control some things, but uh, that human control or the control that is uh, given, uh, that is exercised over the tongue that is human only lasts for a moment. And you'll only be able to tie that tongue down uh, humanly or through your humanity for a moment. But eventually what's in you will come out and what comes out of you will shape your life. I thank God that you're hearing today. And so the Bible says in verse number three, it says, behold, now he's saying, look, I'm going to get into some examples here. The word behold means to look, gaze at, look upon, let's study for a minute. He says here, uh, let me give you some examples of how powerful that little piece of flesh is in your mouth. Let me give you some examples. So it, it, it will help us to study these examples that he's giving us today. And to do that, I'm going to need some volunteers in just a moment. So you get your volunteer self ready. Praise the Lord. He says in verse number three, behold, uh, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and turn and we turn uh, about their whole body. He says, behold, 
we put bits in the horse's mouth in the horse's mouth and we turn his whole body. Y'all love my drawing, I know you do. Now this bit that's in his mouth, let's look at that bit for a second. Bit. The word bit talks about pain and it also talks about Pressure, pain and pressure. Say pain and pressure. The rider is able to turn the horse by that small thing in the horse's mouth called a bit. That huge horse. Now you've seen horses, but I've drawn one up here just in case you have not. (laughs) That huge horse. I'm trying to tell him, Tracy. I don't know. That huge horse can be turned about by that small bit. When the rider pulls the reins to the right, the horse will experience pain and pressure on the right side of his mouth. And the horse will turn in the direction of the pain to escape the pain. So he is forced to turn in the direction of the pain or the direction of the pressure to escape it. And this is often what we do as we talk about the mouth, as we talk about the tongue. Oftentimes we will use our tongue or use our mouth also to escape pain and to escape pressure. How do we do that? You tell a lie. No, I didn't do it. I was here. I was here. I was here. No, I didn't say it. Uh-uh, it wasn't me. I didn't take that. I didn't take that. I didn't take that candy bar and you got chocolate all over your mouth and everything. I didn't take it. No, it wasn't me. I'm telling you, it wasn't me. Mm-mm-mm-mm. What are we doing? Using the power of the tongue to escape pain and pressure. But it is also the pain and pressure that causes the turn. Are you hearing me? Let's look at another example. He says, behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, big old ships. Let me help you out there. Some of you may not know what a ship looks like. I think in this context, he was really talking about a, a nice sailboat there, a big, a big sailboat. Yes, a big sailboat there. And this thing there is called a a rudder there. Y'all love my drawing. You know you do. There we go. Hallelujah. There's somebody on the ship. There we go. All right. So here's someone on a sailboat. And so Paul says, or rather uh, James says, "Let's, let's look at the horse and let's look at the boat. Let's look at the ship. We're going to learn some things about the power of the tongue. We're going to learn how the tongue works and we're going to learn also about it as well. Are y'all still with me today? He says, behold also the ship, which though they be so great are driven of fierce winds. See, that's the sailboat are driven of fierce winds. Yet are they turned about with a very small helm or rudder. Uh, 
wheresoever the governor listeth or wherever the pilot decides to cause the ship to go. Uh, when the pilot turns the rudder, uh, one direction the boat will go. And now, in order for me to really to act this out, I need, I need two people that's going to be water. I need, I need two people that's going to be the boat. So I need four people uh, to come on up and to, and to help me in this illustration today. Yes. I need four people to come on up and, and help me. I need somebody who's going to be the water, be right here. Water on this side. I need water on that side as well. Hallelujah. I got my water together. All right. Water right here. One right here and one right there. That will be water. And my boat people come over here with me. Uh, before we do that, Shaver, get my boat over there on the side there, would you? That's, you have to pretend that's a boat. He's going to bring the boat. He's bringing the boat out of the dock right now. And he is bringing it into the water. Right now, he is in the water with the boat. <clears throat> All right. All right. All right. Now, praise the Lord. All right, Erica, you hop on up here. Your first mate. You're on the bow of the boat. Now, who's the water again? Nope. Just okay. sit right here, right there. Just sit right there, would you? All right. Outstanding. Outstanding. She is there. Uh, if you would face that way, to be great. Oh, don't worry about it. All right. Now you're on the front of the boat. Praise the Lord. All right. She's facing right. All right. Now she's good to go. All right. Your water and your water. Okay. Now, as we are going through. Now, Schaefer, I need you to be uh, the rudder. Okay. You're going to be my extension. You're going to be the rudder. All right. Now. He is the rudder at the back of the ship. Now, I need you to uh, hold your arms out just like this. Yeah, there you go. All right. But turn like this. There you go. Turn your body there. All right. Now, here's the boat and here is the water. Now, the, as the boat goes through the water, the water goes this way by the boat. You see this? Y'all see that? Can you see that? Do we need to turn to the side? Can y'all get that? It's important. You got it? All right. Come on back up this way, water. Now, as the rudder is used, when the water comes this way, come on water this way, and the boat's going through it, what direction is the boat going? That's right, it is going absolutely straight, right? All right, very good. All right, water go back up that way. Let's try this again. Good sound effects there, good sound effects. All right, all right, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, we'll get over it. All right, now, if the captain wants to turn the boat. This is how it works on the sailboat. Come down, rudder, just a little bit. All right, good. If she wants to turn the boat to, if she wants to turn the boat to the left, she actually has to steer the boat to the right. Why? Because notice what, can you, I'm not sure if y'all can see that or not. Hmm. Can y'all see, are y'all good? All right, if you can't get up from your seat, all right. All right, so we see, the rudder, she's turning the rudder this way, all right? She wants to go to the left, but she has to turn right. Hold right there. Now the water is going. Go ahead, water, you're going, you're traveling down. Now this water is gonna hit this rudder. Isn't that right? And as she hits that rudder, it pushes, the, the force of the water pushes the rudder and the boat actually begins to turn. Y'all understanding that? All right, let's stop there. Give them a hand, okay? Praise the Lord. All right. Now let me draw this. 
Here's what happened, just in case you weren't able to see it. Here's what happened. What happened? They're in the boat here. Here again, rudder straight. The water goes down. No resistance on that rudder. Remember verse 4 talks about the rudder, right? Talks about consider the rudder or the helm of a ship, how small it is, but it is able to turn the entire boat, the entire big ship, right? All right. If the, um, the helmsman or the, the person driving there wants to turn the boat to, wants to turn the boat this way to the left, they actually have to steer the boat to the right to make the rudder come out this way. You understand? And so when the water comes, it hits that and it causes the boat to turn, to turn that way. Does that make sense to you? All right. Now what's happening here? And what is, what is the Lord telling us through James? What is he telling us? Where is the pressure? Is there pressure on the rudder? Is there pressure on the rudder when, when, when we're going straight ahead? Absolutely not. But the pressure is on the rudder here, right? The pressure, uh, the pressure is hitting the rudder in the direction that we want to turn, right? So it is the pressure, the pressure of the water that strikes the rudder that causes the turn. You can't turn without pressure. Are you hearing me? And if the rudder could talk, it would say, ouch, it's feeling some pain. And it turns because of the pressure. Hallelujah. Now let's get back into this. We understand that. And so he says here, if you will be perfect, a perfect person or mature person will be able to control or it says really in verse number two, bridle. Notice that word bridle the whole body. If you learn to control your tongue, your mouth, you will be, you'll have the ability to bridle your entire body. Bridle what? Horse. Talks about that horse, the thing that's holding the bit. Bridle, right? You'll be able to turn your body this way. Uh, turn your body from what? From danger, from stuff that we know we ought not to be doing. Turn to the Lord. We'll be able to repent. Repentance means turn, right? Turn away from evil. Turn. And that turning from evil happens with the power of your tongue. Are you hearing? By controlling what we say. And so he gives us those examples. He says, verse number three, behold, uh, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us through that pain and pressure. And we turn them about whichever way we want, it, we want to. Same thing in verse number four. Look at the big ship and, and how it's driven with fierce winds, with fierce winds. Uh, so that tells you that there's a lot of pressure coming against the front of the ship. There's a lot of pressure, right? The sails are taken in the wind. There's a lot of pressure. And when you turn, when you make a turning decision, when you turn in the direction of the pressure, it will cause the boat to turn but it will turn with pain or pressure. But here again, it is the nature of man. Once we feel pain or pressure, we turn away from it. Hallelujah. We turn away from the pain. We turn away from the pressure. But now let me give you this example. If you've been traveling down the wrong, wrong way and somebody says, uh, I, I could hear it before and I, I hear it even now. 
Somebody says, well, I want to turn my life around and, and haven't I gone through enough pain and pressure in my life? Does it have to continue? Does it have to continue? And I see them driving down the road that is bumpy. They've left the asphalt, smooth asphalt, and now they're, uh, they, they've left the gravel, and now they're in a bumpy, dirty uh, road, and they're trying to head down this, this back road somewhere. Well, when they turn around from there and realize that they've gone the wrong direction, they're going to have to go back out the way they came. That means they're going to experience the bumpiness. That means they're going to experience the gravel. But eventually it will smooth out and get back to the asphalt. Are you hearing? When you begin to use the power of the tongue and begin to uh, speak the word of God in your life, begin to confess the things. Uh, the Bible talks about um, uh, this is our confession of faith. Uh, where confession there is the Greek word confideo, which means to speak the same thing, to speak the words of God. When you begin to speak what God says about you, it's going to get bumpy. You're going to experience some pain and some pressure. And some would say, well, I've been trying to do that, but it doesn't seem like anything is getting any better. Well, it seems, it, it, you know, that depends on how far down the wrong road you've gone. Hallelujah. But if you continue to speak the words of God, continue to say the words of God, continue to echo what God is saying about you and your situation, you're going to immediately find out or, or you'll see sooner or later that the road will smooth out and you'll begin to experience what God has said. Instead of saying what the world says, going along with the flow, rudder straight with your rudder straight up and down, you're going along with the flow of mankind. Mankind going to destruction, you'll go that same way too. Everybody in the family's crazy, you'll be crazy too. There's nothing changed, there's nothing. You say, well, I'm just trying to keep the peace. What are you doing? Your rudder is absolutely straight. But the moment you stick your head up and you try to use words to try to tell them, I'm going to straighten this thing out, I'm going to do something, we're going to begin to make a change. Here is some resistance, here is some pressure, but the boat will turn. You're not going to turn things around without some pressure, some amount of pressure or some amount of pain or discomfort. It's going to get bumpy, but it will even out after a while. Hallelujah. I know it's not a rose garden, but it will even out after a while. Hallelujah. We need to begin to confess what the Lord says. The Lord says that uh, we need to say that I am a child of God. Say it with me. I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I am healed. I am rich. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I am the righteousness of God. I am accepted of God. I am beloved. I am more than a conqueror. I am a saint. Are you hearing me? So as we begin to speak in line with what God says about us, we will have uh, the desired result. We'll begin to see heaven manifested in us. Let's go a little bit further than we're going to close out for today. Verse 5 says, even so. Do you see this? Even so. What does even so mean? The words even, even so. Even so. What does that mean? That's right. The word even so talks about even, right? Equal to. In the same manner, right? Even so. Even so what? 
Even so, the tongue, listen, is a small member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Uh, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body. It definitely can. And setteth the fire, setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. It definitely can be. Notice this. A little fire can burn down a whole forest. A little fire can burn down your whole house. If I had, but listen, listen to what it says here again. We're still talking about the tongue. If I had a cigarette lighter right here, and I need another volunteer as I get it. Somebody get, I need another volunteer, please. Come on up as I grab my lighter. All right. Yes, come on, please. All right, I see you can coming. We're going to illustrate here what fire does to skin. Now, is skin, come on. <laughs> no, come on, come on, come on. Come on, praise the Lord, it's all right. It won't hurt too bad. Come on up. Yes, 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 come on. Give her a hand, she's such a brave soul. She trusts her pastor. God bless her. All right, hold your hand out. All right. Now we know that fire, in order for fire to catch on, there has to be a combustible source, right? If I were to hold um, this flame uh, against a rock, hold it there for a few moments, nothing's going to happen. It has to be, you know, it has to be a whole lot of fire for that to happen. But human skin will burn, Right? It may smell like chicken once it's burning. Right? Nice and flat there. So, if I take this lighter and just put it on her skin here and the flame is on her skin, if I move it back and forth, is it burning her? Will that burn her? If I move it back and forth like this? It will get hot, right? But it's not burning because I'm continually moving the flame back and forth. Now, if I held the flame under her hand, if I kept it right here, that is, if I keep speaking the same thing in the same place, it will cause a blaze. Isn't that right? But if I just move it, just move it. I got light again. Thanks. Okay. If I just move it, it went out. If I move it, she will feel a little heat. But nothing will burn because it's still moving. It's still moving. But the moment we settle and hold it there. Yes, chicken. There we go. <laughs> the moment we hold it there, it will begin to burn. Let's give her a hand. Somebody give her a band-aid, please. Bless you. Thank you. Get her some water for that hand. She's so brave. Are you understanding what we're saying? So it says here, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. It can write big checks that your body can't cash. It said, behold, how great a little, a member, how great a member, uh, rather a matter, a little fire kindleth. What it can do. What it can do. And we'll, I think we're going to stop there. We're going to, there's more there, but, but, uh, what we want to get to today is that once we begin to say, what God is saying. And how do we say that? Well, we begin to get filled with the word of God. 
The Bible declares that uh, the Lord Jesus says that uh, we will have uh, what we say. They're in the book of Mark, the 11th chapter. And he also says, and let me get this into your hearing and then we'll close out. In Luke, the sixth chapter, verse 45, he says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. You will speak or proclaim things from the abundance of your heart. Abundance means overflow. It means overflow. Your heart, whatever your heart is overflowing with. If your heart is overflowing with depression, doom and gloom, you will speak that out of your mouth. And whatever you speak out of your mouth, remember your life will be satisfied with it. So the natural reaction is to say, okay, well, I'm just not going to say anything. Well, if you don't say anything, all you're doing is setting your rudder straight up and down and you continue to go in the, in the uh, momentum of what you have already said. I pray you got that. So just not saying anything will just simply keep you flowing in the exact same direction, same momentum. Your boat will continue to sail down the same way. But when we begin to speak what God is saying about us, then we will encounter some amount of pressure, some amount of pain or resistance, but the boat will turn. Our lives will turn. Well, here again, what are we speaking? We're speaking out of the overflow of our heart. How do we get in our heart? We get the overflow that's in our heart by uh, reading the word of God, by studying the word of God, hearing the word of God, hearing sermons or messages just like you're hearing right now as we're speaking about the word of God. This is how we're getting these good godly things into our heart. Now, you will also get things in your heart by conversation, those that you hang around. If you hang around people that are always talking doom, gloom, disaster, agony on me, guess what's happening? That is getting, getting in your heart. If you hang around people that is panicking and they're afraid, they're terrified, that's going to get in your heart. And whatever gets in your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth. And whatever comes out of your mouth will shape your world, will change the direction of your life, whether to the good or to the bad. What you watch on television, type of music you listen to. What direction is it taking you in? Whatever gets in your heart will come out of your life. Whatever gets in your, your, your heart will come out of your life, or should I say, will come out of your mouth that will shape your life. Whatever gets in will come out of you and shape your life. Hallelujah. So let's begin to change what comes in and you'll change what comes out. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. We bless you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you so much. We thank you, Lord, so much. We thank you, Lord, so much. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. Mr. Ed, I don't know if they heard me. Will you tell them something? Oh, Wilbur. Oh, I'm telling you. You heard it from the horse's mouth yourself. Did Some of you didn't hear him. Mr. Ed, tell him again. Oh, Wilbur. Tell him to study the word. Ooh. All right, there you have. You heard him again. He said it twice. He has said it twice. Get in the word. Let Mr. Ed talk to you. Are you hearing? If you won't hear me, hear the donkey over here. Hear Mr. Ed. You can begin to turn the direction of your life 
through the words that you say, not through your willpower, not through your might, not through your power, but by the words that you speak as we speak in line and in tune with what God says. Well, the Lord willing, we're going to look back and go right back into that message on next week. And I pray that you pray with me. So that when we come back together next week, our hearts will be open and receptive and the word of God is there. And we're going to continue to learn again how to turn our lives in the right direction with God's golden compass. Are you excited about it? I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, it's time for us to pray. If anyone uh, needs prayer, come on down, make your way to the altar at this time. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.